Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. I am your host, Lawrence Knorr, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press. Sunbury Press publishes print and electronic books under 10 different imprints in a variety of categories, sold worldwide wherever books are sold. This episode is another in a series concerning our new book, a compilation about the coronavirus impacts entitled After the Pandemic, Visions of Life Post-COVID-19. The topic of our show today concerns impacts on travel. Our panel of guests includes Maya Williamson, who's been an avid traveler for over 20 years. Most of her travels have been solo and almost always with a backpack. She has been to over 40 countries and loves to climb mountains, despite a crippling fear of heights. Maya writes about people, her travels, and other daily musings in her spare time. Her first book, A Travel Memoir, Where the Tree Frogs Took Me, was published in January 2020. Welcome, Maya. Hi. Thank you very much for having me. Jack Adler is the co-author of Travel Safety, which the Library of Congress had translated into Braille, and Smooth Traveling for Seniors. He was a weekly columnist on a freelance basis for the Los Angeles Times travel section for nearly 15 years. He also served as the feature editor of Travel Weekly, a leading industry publication. Jack's tra- uh, Jack's chapter covers the brave new world of travel. Welcome, Jack. Oh, welcome. Glad to be here. So, welcome to the both of you. And uh, I know as we think about the impacts of COVID-19, I think it's, uh, and we think about it in terms of travel, of course, uh, air travel seemed to be the most prominent thing that we all noticed, and travel restrictions in and out of the country. Um, you know, might be top of mind for most people. But Maya, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you could sure. tell us a little bit about the piece you wrote and what what you think the primary impacts are of this virus on the travel industry. Um, well, for me, um, the the piece I wrote um, obviously centered around travel, but the focus was on tourism, and obviously they go hand in hand. So for me. Since everything got started, I've I've really been thinking a lot about, obviously, the impact on my personal life and how I can and cannot travel in and out of my country. I'm in Canada. Um, But even how it's impacted travel within Canada, I think we're we're similar to the states, is that we've got restrictions domestically, not just internationally. So before, where I could easily hop on a plane and go to another province, visit somebody, uh, I'm unable to do that. So it it really puts a lot into perspective of, um, you know, I guess, yes, the restrictions, but also the need for this, which leads me to, I guess, the piece that I wrote and what I'm really thinking about a lot is how it's impacting people, um, not just my own, you know, want of travel, but people that work in the travel industry. Um, I like traveling within my own country, within North America. I, I'm in a border city, so it's easy for me to hop over to the States and, and do things. But I'm thinking about international travel a lot, mainly because that's the type that I like 
and all of the, the different people and communities um, that are impacted abroad. Uh, so many people in various countries live within a, a cash economy, so they work on tips. I mean, in our own countries, tips are a big part of a, a lot of people's livelihood, but so many countries around the world, more marginalized countries, people work and only get tips. So knowing that tourism is at a standstill in those countries, I mean, my heart breaks for people thinking of all the different communities where there is absolutely no income. Um, You know, in a lot of um, wealthy countries, we benefit from, you know, government subsidies and and, and support. Um, There are so many countries that have absolutely no intervention and their income has not just been halved, it's, it's zero. So that, you know, plays on my mind a lot. When I think about my own inconveniences, of course they're there, but they pale in comparison to so many people that, you know, work in an economy where it's strictly tourism-based, that's the only form of income, and they don't have it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty drastic when you think about it. I know in our country... If you're a small business, you could have applied for a payroll protection program loan or an emergency assistance loan. But I guess the small operators in these foreign countries, there's nothing like it there. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, in my piece – sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. I was just going to say in my piece I'd mentioned a few places that I had gone to where – You know, I did different excursions and things where people that, you know, tour guides and things over a week or two week periods of time, they don't get paid. They only work for tips. So, you know, they don't have a a paycheck. And so the the impact is just it's just so great um, for so many people. So, yeah, that's that's all. So, Jack, uh, I know you. Your piece, of course, also covering travel. I know you also were trying to project in the future what's likely to change. Maybe you could give us a, a few minutes on on your take on this, what you think is going to happen. Oh, uh, am I on? Yeah. Yeah, Jack. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, if you could give uh, us a summary of your piece. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that the public ought to get used to a lot less privacy I think we're facing a worldwide uh, big brother in health, and there's going to be a lot more intrusive data collection uh, and that we have uh, no right to refuse. Uh, I think that uh, besides the health visa, uh, there may be, depending upon what scientists find, a uh, immunity certificate that people can also uh, give in. But it's the thing that's going to strike people the most is how repetitive it is. For example, if you uh, go to a hotel and they take your temperature uh, and they ask for a health visa or, you know, if that's in existence, uh, that's fine. Now, let's say you go out shopping, sightseeing, and you come back, the whole process has to be repeated because who knows who you met uh, during your time out. So there's going to be a lot of uh, <clears throat> excuse me, data collection that uh, people have no right to refuse, and it's going to be very intrusive. Then uh, secondly, uh, people should get used to new technology. 
there's a, a bunch of very interesting things being tested. In Hong Kong, they have a testing a, uh, a booth or a hut where you go in and you're hit with uh, ultraviolet rays that can take your temperature and disinfect you. And they also spray you. It's being tested right now on staff. Uh, there's also a, a new world of thermal cameras. Right now, thermal cameras are basically handheld. These new thermal cameras can take uh, your temperature from 15 feet away. So that's going to be uh, another very intrusive element at airports. Uh, and there's uh, other new screening technologies that are underway that uh, aren't really publicized yet, but they're going to be very, very evident when people travel. Uh, the other thing I think that we ought to get used to is that uh, someone from IATA, the uh, International Air Transport Association, has already said get used to less discount travel or less cheap travel mm -hmm. because uh, the cost of air travel is going to go up. Uh, and same thing for hotel prices, by the way, because of the insurance aspect. Uh, they have to cover mm -hmm. their insurance and that course will, of course, be passed on to the consumer. Uh, so uh, the pent-up demand for travel isn't going to be met by a lot of low-cost travel, and that's something that uh, we have to get used to. Um, yeah, I can, I can understand the uh, increased costs on one hand. On the other hand, the cost of fuel's really gone down, so maybe in the beginning well, there'll be an offset there. Well, that depends upon oil prices and whether there's any new uh, synthetic fuels available, but the chances are oil prices will still be the big factor, and that depends on how they go. Whatever it yeah. is, the cost will go on to consumers. Sure, sure. I guess what scares me the most of what you're saying is this whole – I mean, I, I know now, you know, post 9-11 – you know, I'm set up in the pre-check program, so I've already been pre-screened, and I go through a little quicker than than the person who hasn't been through a mm. pre-check program. But you know, they they do all this vetting before you even get on the airplane, and uh, uh, oh, you know, that's more about your safety risk as far as whether you're you know going to be a, a terrorist or not, or you're going to you know act out. Well, in some way. Uh, a lot of this new screening is can take place before you actually get on the line to board a flight. Uh, there's right. another new development. Uh, it's a, called a touchless uh, kiosk where you, can, you don't have to touch it uh, and it can take your temperature. And that's part of uh, the uh, pre-screening process that we'll probably face in the future. Do you, um, you know what, Jared, just what, a question, Jack. Go you, ahead, Maya. Sorry. What are you going to say? I was just going to say, do you think a lot of these um, these new uh, rules or regulations put forth will be done globally? Like, I can definitely see, you know, our countries doing things like this and more uh, wealthier nations having more checks at airports and, as you said, hotels. How do you think that will translate to, you know, more kind of far-flung places where they, they may not have the resources, the finances, the infrastructure do you see them not getting tourists at all? Like, how do you see that playing out? Uh, I, I think every country will uh, find a, a budget to to do this because okay. otherwise they'll be ostracized. I don't think there's 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as consumers can't refuse data collection, I don't think any country, no matter how small or improvident, right. can refuse to, you know, security. It just won't work. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess where where I struggle with the idea of a health check before you get on is, what if you're traveling for health reasons? <laughs> so, so like mm. you're. You know, you're uh, well, you're one of those people that occasionally goes uh, from one hospital to another, or uh, maybe air maybe air travel won't be the way you do that anymore. Uh, or well, maybe you have to get a doctor's note on that and be handled in a special way. Uh, well, the doctor's note will have to, it can only uh, have a certain uh, length of time. It has to be dated uh, and. Uh, so if someone who frequently travel is going to have to keep going to their doctor yeah. to get an updated uh, visa. The and other can be the other assum- difficult. The other assumption is that you're contagious when you have a fever, and what if that's well, not the case? So, yeah. well, all the carriers don't want to take a chance of being sued. This being a litigious society, so uh, they're going to do their utmost to to show consumers that they're very security conscious. Of course, without mentioning that the cost goes up for the consumer. That's why all these mm-hmm. new uh, thermal cameras are being invented. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just I'm just thinking about all the uh the difficulties that that, that implies. Well, there may be a lot more virtual travel particularly with trade shows and conventions because they group people together so much. My, uh, my, my, heart, my heart's breaking when he says this because I think about you and your 40 countries and your backpack and just going <laughs> on a whim into some exciting mm-hmm. far-flung place. How do, you, how do you feel about travel now? Right. How, how does that make you recalculate your uh, decision? I, I didn't mean to yeah. make it sound so forbidding. <laughs> No, I, I mean, you know, I, I think I look at it in a different perspective, but I agree. It's definitely, yeah, I, I don't see me getting on a plane anytime soon. I don't think the, the carefree, um, you know, kind of looking at a map, picking a spot, and that's kind of what I did before, um, you know, especially a place like Europe where you can just hop from country to country. I think that we're going to see gone now. Um, the last few years since I've had my son, I haven't done as much of that anyways. But I think there will be much more calculation and planning into every trip. As Jack said, there'll be a lot of health concerns and insurance uh, requirements prior to going anywhere. So I think that that sort of travel is done now. I mean, I follow a lot of different travel bloggers and, you know, things uh, in the travel community. And everybody, you know, at first everyone's like, when can we travel again? And now a lot of people are looking at next year, the year after, because I think the reality of that carefree kind of fly-by-night, you know, go wherever you like on a whim, I think that's done for, you know, definitely the time being. Um, even in our own countries, as I said, there are, are restrictions. So, like I heard this week, Italy just opened their borders domestically and internationally, which is encouraging. They were one of the hardest hit early on. Um, but I still don't see this kind of, you know, Europe country hopping. I don't see that going back to the way it was there or anywhere else. But uh, the ease with which people could go anywhere, I, I think, is done 
pretty much uh, for now. So, yeah, kind of sad, but I also i am trying to really see the silver linings of giving our planet a break, and um, that's easy for me to say. You know, I'm privileged, and um, financially I don't have the, the worries of other people. But So I'm trying to see the positives, but, yeah, it's a bit scary <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah. I think people who want to travel are going to travel. They're just going to have to put up with a little more uh, uh, nuisances along the way. Yeah. That's all. I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess as someone who's uh, – I haven't been to 40 countries, but I've traveled a little bit. <laughs> I know in my own calculation, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go across an ocean anytime soon. Probably not. And it's not mm-hmm. so much that I'm afraid that I'm vulnerable to this virus. I mean, I'm not quite in the category that's most vulnerable, although I am wary of it and I would take precautions. I think it's more about once I get there, am I going to get home? You know, if you have these uh, restrictions, yeah. what if there's a what if there's a flare up in the in the uh, city that you happen to be visiting? You know, it's uh, well, having, mm-hmm. having your temperature taken. uh very often, when you enter a country, when you uh, register at a hotel, when you board a cruise ship or even a bus or a train, uh, it's no, it, that isn't you know a huge problem. Uh, the thing is, uh, the, the data collection will be intrusive. You, uh, people will be asked a lot more questions of where they've been and uh, what they've done, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, you really can't refuse. Yeah. That's why I yeah. call it, you know, it's like a big brother type of situation. And it will be worldwide. If it isn't worldwide, we really have a problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other the other side of the coin is this is a pandemic like we haven't, like we haven't seen in uh, 100 years. You know, it seems mm-hmm. to be a once-in-a-century kind of event, so... How do how should well, we really change? And you know, in the long run, how do we really change? Do, does all this stuff stay in place? Do you think, or do you think we kind of ease back? I'll let Maya Maya talk first. Uh, you know, as things um, move I along think, here. I think you know a lot. Of you hear the term the new normal float around a lot, and I think yes, there will be things that you know. Yeah, there will be a new normal. I think of 9/11 as a as a um, kind of an example. Obviously, it's a different situation, but you know, uh, growing up, I barely heard the word terrorism, and then after that, it was this this thing that followed every country. Even though obviously America was hit so hard, it still rippled internationally. And some things have gone back to the way they were prior to that. And I'm not just speaking of travel, but some things ultimately changed forever i think people get used to things and life goes on so i think that's how this will be i think some things will be changed forever travel and other things as well eventually i think we will get used to them um you know when i think of 9-11 you know i i live in a border city i could go over to detroit with a library card you know it didn't really matter after 9-11 it was like passport only strict checks here people grumbled for a couple months and then they got used to it and now you know almost 20 years later no one even thinks about it um and so i think there will be some changes i think masks are going to be at least in canada every you know i think that'll kind of be a new normal um with traveling yeah i think there will be some 
as Jack said, perhaps data collection and, you know, more tracing what people do and the health of passengers, whether it's cruise ships or flights or hotels. And I think people will grumble a bit. And then I think the grumbling will perhaps go away. The new normal will not, but the the reaction to the change might. Um, that's just my opinion, I think. Yeah. Jack, do you see well, a difference, uh, domestic versus foreign? Uh, maybe domestic no, I travel coming agree. back first? I bet, uh, no, I agree with Maya. I think that after the first uh, flush of, uh, of, of the new changes take place, I think people will just adjust to it, accept it, and go on and travel. Uh, but I think that the uh, it won't be as cheap as before. I think it will be more expensive because of uh, insurance and other related costs. Uh, and there's another factor. I think people are going to, uh, based on what science finds, that uh, this uh, virus is, isn't going to go away and may mutate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people will have to accept that the all these changes that will take place are, are ongoing. They're not going to, you know, go away because of, uh, you know, the virus goes away. I don't think that's going to happen. I think people just, just have to accept that they're going to live their lives with an ongoing virus, hopefully with a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. We we focused a lot on, you know, the transportation end of things. I know, Maya, you talked about, you know, the tour operators, you know, on the other side. What about yeah. when you're when you're getting food in restaurants and things? How, how do you see that changing as you travel? Uh, and the restaurant industry is a big part of the travel agents uh, industry. Um, well, Maya, what are you well, looking I, at with food? Oh, Maya, go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I think some of those changes will be here to stay. Um, you know, we as states are starting to open up and provinces in my country are starting to open up, we're seeing restaurants with plexiglass and, you know, 25% capacity. And obviously that will probably go up a little bit, but I think some of those rules will also be in the restaurant industry, which of course is a huge part of tourism, whether those things are implemented or not. I mean, we're already seeing, you know, you watch the news, you can see any country where, Um, some of those strict guidelines are not adhered to in certain places. I think that will be the scenario, you know, to go to a little restaurant in the middle of a South American jungle. Are they going to make you sit at certain spots? I doubt it. I think that's where the consumer, the traveler, is going to have to make their own decision. You know, if you go somewhere where they're not implementing strict guidelines, whatever the government is that has, you know, created them, that's up to you, that it's your choice to sit in that restaurant, that cafe, that mom and pop, you know, stall on the side of the road and make that decision whether or not you're going to kind of take part. Because I think we'll see it it, it differ uh, by country and region where those guidelines are, um, you know, implemented. And, I think it's kind of sad because, again, that's a, a cash economy where so many people that work in restaurants uh, rely on tips. And I, I think, you know, the, the industry's hurting, and that just means people and families are hurting. So 
Um, I hope that there's solutions and I hope people continue to go out and support local restaurants, whether it's domestically or abroad. But I think changes are, are to be expected, um, you know, in, in terms of how we conduct ourselves, but also the responsibility of the tourists to do their part in not just protecting themselves, but it's also other people. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think that any dining um, place will reserve the right to take the temperature of, of patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, so uh, I think temperature taking is going to become one of the truisms uh, in, in five years from now, uh, and it will become mm-hmm. second nature to people. <clears throat> yeah, well, I guess the uh, temperature taking is a is one thing you could do uh, certainly with these cameras that can sense uh, body temperature and that kind of thing. But another thing that's uh, one of the main ways that disease travels is through people who don't wash their hands, and so oh, you see any kind yeah. of cha- changes in public spaces, bathrooms, hand washing, more sanitizers at the table. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying yeah. to imagine traveling and, and just being inundated with, like, health safety everywhere. Well, and I think some know. of those are positives. <laughs> that could be a <laughs> yeah. good thing, some of that extra, one of those extra steps for sanitation, for sure. Uh, I, I think, think airlines. About it, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, airlines are going to show uh, little films uh about security and sanitation and, and alerting people to make sure they wash their hands um, frequently on flights, particularly after, let's say, after they eat. Uh, I think restaurants mm-hmm. will have a little stand-up folder on tables. Please go wash your hands. Uh, so uh, there will be reminders like that all, all, over, all over wherever you travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and Maya, you were alluding to it. I mean, when you think about it, just think about how unsanitary we all have been. Well, maybe not all of us, but quite a few of us have been over the years as not just travel, but just day-to-day, everyday life. And For sure. We're, sort of learning. we're learning now that some of that behavior is, is the primary way that we get sick when we do get sick. Well, you know, not just COVID-19, but anything. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Well, I can't I, I tell you. Tour, Good. I I think tour operators may have a little more problem because uh, the nature of tours uh, is that people are herded together, and that can turn some people off. Uh, and so I think mm-hmm. there'll be more uh, semi-independent travel. People kind of uh, make uh, choose their own uh, itineraries. That type of travel already exists. I just think it will expand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about the, you know, on the one hand, people going to events where something's happening, where lots of people are and you're packed in and there's energy and excitement. That seems like that kind of stuff is uh, not going to be in vogue for a while. But the sort of the take a backpack, go on a hike, uh, be independent out in the out in the countryside, touring, mm-hmm. you know, small groups. That sounds uh, much more doable in this new world we're talking about, at least for a while. So, um, all right, I'm going to ask I'm always each of you. curious about cruise ships. Yeah. Oh, yeah Sorry, I was just one. going to ask Jack about cruise. I've never been on a cruise. That's just not my, my thing. But um, do you see that ever coming back? I can't imagine being 
trapped on a boat with a couple thousand people, well, especially because of well, how it, it spread. Go to your well, thoughts. I've been on a lot of yeah, I've been on a lot of cruises, and uh, basically, uh, okay. uh, <clears throat> the cruise line is just going to do the same thing the airline does. They'll put you through uh, okay. screening, but the same thing applies mm. uh, when you go to a port of call. You get off the ship and you go sightseeing, and you come back. You have to repeat. You'll have to repeat the whole process because they have no way of knowing okay. what happened to you while you were on shore. Right. That's yeah. what I mean by the repetition get... of data collection. And what if you get mm-hmm. sick while you're aboard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happens to you? You get quarantined or, yeah. you know, the behavior will, I'm sure, have to change. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it, it will be interesting. Anyway, we have uh, – yeah. We have a little bit over 10 minutes to go here. I wanted to ask you both if there's anything that's keeping you up at night about this, COVID-19, travel or not. Maya, uh, you're welcome to answer first. Um, you know, I mean, it, a little bit of everything, I guess. Um, my son's out of school. He's only five, so, you know, he's not missing SATs or anything. But, you know, I wonder about his new normal he's starting to see people with masks i've tried to explain it to him in a very kid-friendly way but i think it is life's going to change for him so of course you know my immediate concern is my son um i think about how i mentioned earlier 9-11 really changed things for a lot of people i know you know family members that grew up with that they don't know a time before that when things are different is that going to be my my son is that going to be kids that are growing up now is there going to be this you know what was life like before the pandemic and that so that scares me for sure um i do think very much globally and you know my heart bleeds for a lot of people that i think are are suffering i have been inconvenienced i'm bored i'm going stir crazy but i'm privileged and i'm i'm not in jeopardy of losing my home or my vehicle or anything so I really think about marginalized communities, whether it's in my country, yours, or internationally. Um, and so it does kind of keep me up. I'm I'm trying to turn the news off every once in a while. I'm a admitted news junkie. So it's like I fall down a rabbit hole of worrying about other people, I find, and other people's plights and situations. Um, and just wondering, yeah, will things ever go back to the way things were? It's not always a bad thing if they don't. Right. I really think of the environment and the the positives uh, from that. But, yeah, I think of tourism and and, you know, some of those comforts, um, you know, we may not have for a while. So, yeah, it keeps me up. I'm really trying to look at the silver linings and all of this. It's not always easy, but, um, yeah, it's it's definitely stressful. As you said, this is in a century, basically, you know, hopefully <laughs> this is the, the last yeah. bit for a long time, but uh, so. yeah, stressful a little bit for sure. <laughs> uh, Jack, how uh, about you? Yeah, I think there's going to be uh, a lot more globalism and travel where uh, people accept that they, they really face a common destiny. Uh, it will be forced upon them, but they will accept it because there's no other choice. Uh, and that's going to be passed on to uh, our children and our children's children uh, because, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, viruses are not going to go away. So people are going to accept they live in a new kind of world order, health order. And that's, 
uh, everyone will adjust to that and life will go on and people will still travel as quickly as they can afford it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want know to overdo really the cost factor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'll be a little bit pessimistic about that. And I think people will change here in the short run, but I think in the long run, uh, a lot of the bad habits will come back once, once people, mm-hmm. people's inhibitions that go away, but we'll, we'll see. I do worry about the next generation and their desire to travel, to do what Maya and Jack have done, what the two of you have done and your lives and, you know, where you've gone and what you've focused on. You know, I hope that younger people will still be able to feel safe traveling because it's such an educational experience uh, to do that. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that will go away. That will say the same. Yeah, the wanderlust. The grass is always greener mm-hmm. somewhere else, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, uh, a couple more questions for you as we get down here to the final eight minutes or so. Um I've asked you about what keeps you up at night. We talked a little bit about what you're optimistic about. Um, Let's bring it home a little more. Uh, Maya, in your neighborhood, how have you Mm -hmm. been, how have things been around you and and how have you been coping? Is there anything that really stands out right around you? And, you know, what's in your face every day there? Yeah. I think uh, for me, um, we, I think I'm in Ontario. Um, I think we kind of start shutting down the same time as as a lot of states did. So been quarantined or self-isolating or whatever it is you want to call it since uh, mid-March. So I think I'm going into week nine with my son at home. Um, So it's been tough for sure. I think the isolation from family and friends, I'm not working, he's not in school, um, but I'm, again, trying to find those silver linings and gardening more at home and doing more things not in front of a television for him. Um, I think in terms of my community, people are, are pretty good. Uh, you know, definitely people are, <clears throat> excuse me, going a bit stir-crazy and bored and wanting to get back to real life. Um, I think people where I am feel pretty supported by government, community, whether it's local, um, provincial, or federal. And so I think everybody is trying to be positive and to get through this. Most people I know have followed the stay-at-home orders. Um, you know, with the nicer weather, I think people want to get outside and, and you know, kind of feel that positive energy. So I'm trying to follow suit. Um I bought a home last summer, so this is my first summer kind of starting a garden and starting to do things outside, so I'm just trying to dive into that as much as I can and really uh-huh. embrace those positives. Um, and I think that's what's getting me through. Um, again, nicer weather coming, and, you know, hopefully I'll be able to travel domestically. That's I'd like to hopefully by the end of the summer maybe take a little trip with my son within Canada or even within my province if it's just, you know, within driving distance. So I'm trying to look at those things. Um, I'm not working right now, so I have more time for writing. Um, You know, I'm trying to put more content on my blog and things I haven't been able to do before I was working full time and, you know, getting the the book done. So now I've got a little bit of time to write more, and I'm trying to embrace that um, because I wouldn't have this time otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. 
about you, Jack? How are things around Los Angeles? Well, uh, and people are still adjusting to uh, less restrictions, but on the other hand, we're all supposed to wear masks if we're outside. Uh, California is a little different than some other states, uh, but uh, the element of travel hasn't uh, left uh, people's desires. They just put it off. So I think there will be a big surge of travel uh, coming, but it's not going to be for several years yet. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't look for much travel in uh, say next year. But I think it's starting in 2022. I think uh, travel will start coming back. Hopefully, because there'll be a vaccine then. Uh, but right now, people are just adjusting to you know to sunlight and, and being able to go to a restaurant, uh, and and that's you know basically has great value. Uh, but it doesn't translate to wanting to visit, uh, go to Mexico or Canada or even mm-hmm. farther afield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last question for you both. Um, Maya, when you can travel again, what's the first trip you're going to take? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have a million. Um, I don't know. I, I was actually <laughs> – I was planning, uh, I was hoping to go to Europe this summer with my son. Um, I haven't taken him anywhere really far yet. I have a really good friend in Spain, another really good friend in Ireland, good friend in Austria. So I was hoping, because he just turned five, this summer I thought, okay, this will be the first international trip. Um, You know, we'll go for a few weeks. Before I take him, you know, I'd like to go uh, to, to China with him, to Thailand. I wanted to go to Asia. I thought a few more years, but now he's five. I thought this will be a good introduction. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that can still happen maybe in a few years. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's obviously off. But, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. That's, that's probably the, the most realistic for me, the, the first trip I would take for sure. How about you, Jack? Well, I haven't any up. trips. No, I haven't any trips in mind. Uh, you know, I've been a travel writer for uh, uh, many years, and so uh, when a travel writer takes a vacation, they often stay home because uh, uh, <laughs> they don't want to you know, go someplace else. So uh, I, I've been to a lot of countries. I, uh, there are some countries I haven't been to that I would love to go to, but I, I haven't any any plans to go at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, I know here here in our household it it was very disappointing that all this happened and my uh my stepson and I were going to take a trip over and do a World War II tour from Normandy to Nuremberg and uh, we were oh, going to do a road trip you know, from France into Germany kind of follow Patton's General Patton's uh track and at the same time my my youngest daughter uh, was invited to be in American Music Abroad and to sing over in Europe this summer, and that trip's been canceled. So she, her three weeks of uh, touring Europe, mm. gone. So we were going to, well, Brandon and I were over there doing the World War II tour. We were going to hook up with her for a couple of days and hear her perform with her group, and it was going to be this lovely time with the two kids that are graduating mm. from high school as they go off to college, you know. And now, well... That all got washed away with this. So, but they're both saying to me, as soon as this clears up, we want to go. And I'm not sure what that means mm. when this clears up. You know right. that uh, you know 
good enough to travel where we have to wear masks, wash our hands, you know, be in limited seating restaurants, uh, or maybe procure our own food and eat in our hotel rooms or, you know, who knows what this would be like and how are you going to get about? And what about that going from France to uh, Belgium, to the Netherlands, to Germany, mm-hmm. maybe Switzerland, how easy is that going to be? Is that cause there are going to be checkpoints? Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows? So, Lots of, questions. Well, Lots of questions. Yeah, you're. They haven't made up their minds yet about if uh, one one uh, factor like a health visa applies to all the countries part of the European Union, or you know you have separate mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, entry points for for every country. That's still to be determined. But uh, there there will be a lot of health considerations come into place. But it is a minor nuisance. People will still enjoy travel. Yeah. Uh, if you if the nuisances are just you know a few minutes as long here, as a few healthy. minutes there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As long as you don't come home sick either. Well, we've been <laughs> talking to Jack Adler and Maya Williamson. It's been great having the both of you on. Hope to have you back sometime. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Take care. Safe travels. <laughs> This has been the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Be sure to check out our books at www.sunburypress.com or search for our titles on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers worldwide. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are hundreds more available on the BookSpeak Network. You can find our channel on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 